Hey everyone, it's Drew and Elijah with the Think Truth Podcast. Well, we got an interesting discussion on the table here today. One that actually one of our listeners recommended, I believe, Mm -hmm. um, almost a year ago. So we're excited to take that up. It is the discussion of non-resistance slash pacifism. And so, yeah, we want to take that on here on the podcast and talk about as we like to do on anything we take up, kind of try to get into what's a more nuanced perspective on this topic. How do we engage a little more deeply than the kind of flat, shallow, uh, non-resistance discussion that is often like, what do you do if a person comes in your house right. and tries to shoot your wife? Yeah. Um, yeah. We want to but talk we might about talk about that. that sure. Too. Yeah. We'll, we'll pick that up. Yeah. So we're actually going to do something of a series and this is the first episode of several Uh, We'll see how long that that we take this. We want to get other people on the podcast as well to to pick this up. But we're looking forward to some fascinating interchanges here. For sure. So one of the things I think that we should talk about is this distinction that's often made in our circles between pacifism and non-resistance. Pacifism is like the the ugly cousin, right? That we don't like. (laughs) Uh, We're all non-resistant. We're not pacifists. Drew, where do you think that came from, and why do people why do people like using that distinction? I've always wondered about it because I never feel like I've had a good understanding of. Well, I'm just pulling up the definition of pacifist here. Um, Webster's defines it as someone who opposes war or violence as a means of settling disputes, mm-hmm. and I'm confused as to what part of the Anabaptist position does not fit under that. Um, I think, yeah. I think perhaps what it comes from is the Anabaptist feeling like, and correctly, that they have more to their theology of relating to war than a standard pacifist would. That they actually mm-hmm. have things going on beyond what pacifism itself itself implies. But I still think for pacifists, we might not only yeah. be pacifist, um, and p- perhaps there's also the sense of viewing pacifism as almost a political movement to yeah. to not be involved with war whereas anabaptists would be anti-politics right used to be at least right so so we don't want to see our the the idea is we don't want to see ourselves associated with this like political activist group that in many cases doesn't go to war for reasons that um would seem not to intersect with the reasons anabaptists go to war yeah but if you just simply if you're simply going by the definition here of being opposed to war or violence as a means of settling disputes um, then clearly I think Anabaptists are unless, and I think this might be an interesting discussion, unless Anabaptists would see a need for war and think war and violence can be a good thing and simply think that because of who we are um, as Christians and our role in Christ's kingdom that we don't get to play a role in that game, which of course, lends itself to an interesting dilemma where war and violence are a good thing that we can't be involved with, potentially. So it would be interesting to hear a bit more of a historical perspective. But my understanding is earlier Anabaptists, like talking 100 years ago, uh, that era would, would have been fine with calling themselves pacifists. Like there's a pretty strong tradition even today within Anabaptism mm. that is very fine with the, the term pacifist. Yeah. Is it just the kind of kingdom John D. Martin and David Brousseau movement that has popularized non-resistance as opposed to pacifism? Or where does that come from? Well, again, I, I think 
simply calling ourselves pacifist is probably missing something. And I think I agree with the critique on that level. But but what about just saying, look, we're pacifists with a bit more of a nuanced perspective on what that means for us as believers from right. an Anabaptist perspective? Well, that's always seemed obvious to me, but yeah. it's not obvious to everyone. And so I yeah. maybe some of it, I mean, I, I've heard things before like, well, you know, we aren't, where we believe in violence, just violence against spiritual darkness or something. But it's not like pacifists just believe in like passively throwing up their hands no, and never not. doing anything about the state of the world. In so, fact, I think there's a good case to be made that historically pacifists uh, within the Quaker tradition, within the uh, certain other uh, non-Anabaptist groups and certain Mennonite groups as well have done more to actually help with world conflict and right. going into tense situations, both on an, on an inter- international sort of um, uh, level of peacemaking between nations mm-hmm. or between opposing groups, but also in terms of um, that they've done more, those pacifist groups have, have tended to do more about combating human trafficking and things like that, right. evils that should be combated. So... Yeah, that distinction really doesn't make sense in light of the fact that pacifists have actually done a lot of Uh meaningful social action. And I think one thing that we have, that the Anabaptist community in general, in many cases, has not done well with is finding ways to agree with different groups Mm -hmm. that actually overlap with us and some of our our values. So I think as, as Anabaptists, we should be glad when we see other groups that sure, and the nuances and the details disagree with us on some things. But when we see people that are engaging in trying to promote nonviolence throughout the world and succeeding in that, I don't, I don't think we should be here and be like, well, but we're not that, we're something else. Like, yeah, maybe in some sense we are. But I think if we're truly going to be people that are passionate about seeing less resistance and force used as settling disputes... Then when we see other groups that don't hold all, all of our values carrying that out, I think we should celebrate that. Yeah, and I think that of, is happening more. Yes. More, you know, you think of Kingdom Channels mm. in various countries. I think they're doing a much, much better job right. at partnering with non-Anabaptist organizations and, and stuff. To uh-huh. But to, peace. to go back to the initial question of why do we want to define ourselves as non-resistant instead of pacifist, yeah. I think, again, I, I would love to hear... A good argument for it and i'm not saying there isn't one but i could some of it simply be that the the anabaptist tendency to want to try to see ourselves as having a special group status yeah. and having a position that's somehow better than the alternatives i think we need to be really careful though it isn't that mm-hmm. and again i'm sure that there are very much better arguments for it than that but i'm a little bit sensitive about it because i think that they're is at least a reasonable possibility that that that's, yes. It's like, well, you know, we're better than pacifists. We're something better. And maybe in some, maybe in some sense we are, but I think we need to be careful. Yeah. Making arbitrary distinctions because that makes us feel better as a group is very unwise. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right that there's been a certain sentiment of like, we as Anabaptists are unique, which I think we do have unique unique things. We're going to talk about that some today here in in terms of non-resistance. But we tend to think we're unique and then we try to find as many ways as possible to kind of show that. And I think it can turn arrogant really fast. Mm-hmm, for we sure. need to watch that. Yeah. But ha- having said all that to those that are hearing us and thinking, 
are you just a mainline pacifist? No, I mean, I do think there are things in Anabaptist theology and practice that do separate us from a lot of other pacifists. I'm not, I, I don't. So, so can we talk about that? Stuff? Sure. Where should we start? Well, I think the, the ambassador theory mm. uh, is something I'd, I'd like to know a little bit more about, let's say, Quaker pa- pacifists or um, General Conference Mennonite pacifists or something like that. But I, I think some of this even exists there. But I think Anabaptists have a stronger view of Christians as ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure we, I'm not sure that we capitalize on this as much as we should. But if we are ambassadors, whichever nation we're a part of, we're ambassadors of the nation of, of God, ultimately God's, God's true um, kingdom of believers, then we're going to interact with those nations, not in a, in a non, um, we're not going to completely stand back and do nothing about evil around us. We're not going to not interact, which I think unfortunately we have done too much of just not, not interacting with evil, not trying to stop it. Mm-hmm. But it's not so much that we're going to do that, but we're going to engage with it in terms of pointing people towards a, towards the gospel, towards an entirely different worldview right. and philosophy and kingdom. And that switch, that like what people have called the two kingdoms perspective uh-huh. of like the fact that as a part of a distinct kingdom, we don't interact with the tensions and problems and evil in the same way uh-huh. that, a, that a geographical, geopolitical nation would do. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's something that, may set us apart from at least some pacifists. Right, for sure. So I think one distinction we have to keep in mind here is the way Anabaptists view there being a, a more significant split between covenants mm-hmm. going from the Old to the New Testament than a lot of other denominations. And maybe we should just talk a little bit about how we see that being played out um, between between the the two covenants, yeah, that's good. Because obviously, we see um, in the Old Testament, God has chosen the nation of Israel, and He's actually sending them on missions to kill people and to to wage a kind of holy war to take over the promised land, to keep out their enemies. In some cases, just to deal out judgment on people that God thinks are deserving of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this pretty strong idea of like God is honored when the nations come to serve, to come and bow down in Jerusalem. Right. The epic portrait of the queen of Sheba coming to Solomon mm. because he's the biggest, right. sort of the, the big dog around. So everyone's coming to show up and, and see how great he is. And when the queen of Sheba honors Solomon, really the honor is going to the Lord. And so uh-huh. there's this very strong connection between if the king, if Israel as a nation is prospering as they go out to war and conquer and all the rest, and in terms of their physical wealth, they are doing God uh, service exactly. and glory. Mm-hmm. Well, I think something that everyone can agree on is that once we go from the old covenant to the new covenant with the early church and everything, there is n- there is no equivalent of what happened in the Old Testament with God having kings that he has chosen and directly telling them to go wage war on other nations. I don't think anyone argues that that's happening. Um, uh, well, maybe not cer- anyone. Certainly. I mean, that's there, the crusader the whole, like, logic. There's the crusader logic. There's the Scottish 
uh, covenanters who are like, God armeth the patriot. You know, sure. there's that sort of thing. In fact, there's been a good amount of that in American history to say America is the new Israel. Sure. Stuff like that. But I think currently today, that's a lot less common. And there wasn't a very... I'm not sure when that first would have been used as an argument in the church, but I don't think we see it in the at least the the earliest history of the church. There was no there was no Jerusalem council about whether or not to to try to fight the Romans. It was just kind of generally a consensus that that they were going to be nonviolent, not resisting the authorities. Um, there was no record of people trying to arrest Peter and stabbing the guard or anything like that. We yeah. there's just no there was no tradition of that in certainly what we have recorded in the New Testament. Um, everything seems to be pretty nonviolent there. You could argue that that's simply because resistance would have been futile and they weren't stupid. Yeah, of course, that's the argument. That... Right. But we at least, I think we can at least agree that there is no clear um, charge in the New Testament like there was in the Old Testament where God is telling his people, I want you to wage holy war and take out these people. So that's something I think everyone agrees on. Now, I think Anabaptists are going to lean into that a little bit more than other traditions and saying that this is actually making something more far-reaching and long 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 standing and not going back to that at any point. Whereas others might see it more of as it's just a period where that wasn't used, but nothing really happened to change the reality that God can use a kind of holy or just war to yeah. take out his enemies. And we can see that coming later. Yeah. So there, there'd be a strong tradition in the Western church that would say, no, God doesn't have the equivalent of Israel uh, as a geopolitical entity within the world, mm -hmm. but God still wants his people in whatever nation they're a part of, to serve their nation and part of the serving will involve going to war and protecting the nation's borders and things like that. And that will constitute something of a Christian duty. Uh -huh. um, but it's, but still really be opposed to a theocracy in, in the modern. Sure. Point. Although I think it's easy for people even that don't actually believe in a theocracy to start slipping into that a little bit. Um, because um, we even look at like American patriotism there's kind of this strong sense there that america is something unique and which of course in some ways is true mm -hmm. but even if we don't actually think america is the chosen nation that god has chosen to spread his name throughout the world we come some people come pretty close to that mm -hmm. um so unfortunately anabaptists increasingly as well that's true we need to be very clear that that's <laughs> That's that's not a good direction to take as a right. church. So it's, I, so it's it's one thing to say America is a wonderful nation that God has used. Mm -hmm. It's a very very different thing to say America is a wonderful nation that God's used. And therefore, whatever it takes to sort of keep America together and in our uh -huh. prayers and in our whatever to try to like keep America as a as a nation and because that will best serve God's interest. No, we just can't know that. Right, and, and that's not our job. So there is some difference there between the way Anabaptists, let's say, historically would have viewed uh, the distinction between the Old Covenant and New Covenant. For because sure. Anabaptists would have been much less willing to take up weapons in any sense to support uh -huh. a physical nation. And they would relegate that completely to the Old Testament. Right. Um, but then again, I'm not sure that... I'm not sure that 
many pacifists either would be okay with that sort of thing. Many pacifists equally wouldn't pick up a weapon to fight. Sure. Uh, even though maybe they, maybe they're less strong about the distinction between between God's new kingdom and and the Israel of the Old Testament. Right. So I think I think we need to one big takeaway I think from from this episode that we're thinking about is we need to really engage much much better both with the broader pacifist community uh-huh. in recognizing our our differences and similarities uh-huh. and also engage much better with like the the steel man version of the just war argument. Sure. Which I think both of those things just because Anabaptists don't really engage with the culture around them very well period we've kind of slipped into some rather straw man positions uh, of the opposite side. And I think, I think we need to recognize that there's a way to, if as Anabaptists we feel that there is not a legitimate way for Christians to be involved in fighting through government and war, criminal prosecution, etc. Even if that's our position, we, we don't get to say that anyone that is has fought in war is just guilty of murder murder because we don't think there's a distinction anymore um there is very very clearly a difference between a soldier that is that is fighting for his country to defend his homeland and killing other people in battle and someone that just decides hey i'm gonna go murder his neighbor yeah it's just there's just no comparison between the two and i think even if we have the position that there isn't room for the for fighting in war, we need to be really careful with to not go straw man those that are fighting in war and just be like, well, how can they say they're a Christian? You know, God says we're to love everyone and they're okay with killing people. And it's like there the question of war and defending oneself and one's country is a very difficult ethical dilemma. And I think we want to talk about that more. Mm-hmm. But we can't we can't accuse those that that um, draw the lines in different places on that as somehow not caring about loving mm-hmm. other people because mm-hmm. of where they draw those lines. And so to be clear, this this is a discussion about how to have this this argument or or how to talk about this better. This is not saying I, I think a lot of people a lot of times we confuse having a careful argument with kind of being floppy or not really caring about where you come out on, on either side of a debate. Right. And you're not saying that. No. Uh, you're, I think you have a, a pretty careful and nuanced and, and um, definite place where you stand on whether or not to go to war. Right. But if we're going to have this conversation, we need to have it well. Well, and I think side. for sure. And, and one way this is going to really practically play out is as we try to be... Um, better prepared to engage with ideas from other traditions. Um, any idea that, well, we shouldn't take what so-and-so says seriously because he thinks there's a place for just war. Um, you know, if there's a big difference between someone being okay with just war and someone say, I think we have to have some sense of priority and perspective here because if there was someone that, you know, was teaching and preaching on, on things and, you know, thought there was, thought that gang rape was okay. You know, I think we'd be, we'd have reason to say, you know, you know, anything they say we should be really careful with and, you know, maybe almost entirely um, refuse to hear any of what, anything they have to say because they're violating so many 
um, ethical like, in standards. Other words, if someone should be excommunicated because they're because they're okay with sin. Uh-huh. That's a different thing than someone who has what we believe to be the wrong perspective on on just war. Exactly, and I think we've we've been very unfair sometimes in in turning it into like some Christians are okay with gang rape type of situation when they're just it's it's a complicated issue that I think yeah. I think there's even even some ethical dilemmas that we have to face as implications of the Anabaptist position that I think we want to get into in some For sure. future episodes. But yeah, well, like like. What what if there's a massive evil that seems like the only way to conquer it is through war? Mm-hmm. Like you look at the Holocaust, obviously, right. is like the, the famous example. Um, yes, there were non-resistant people who helped Jewish people escape and all of that. But what? How, how are you going to work through the dilemma of what if no Christians had been willing to you know fight and knock out the the Germans who? Were, if all the U.S. You know? would have been pacifist and never entered the war, I mean, there's all these scenarios that yeah. And admittedly and so, difficult. So what we're pushing for is not that there are no answers to, to that question from a pacifist perspective. I think there are. But rather that we should be careful and and nuanced and not arrogant right. in our responses to that mm-hmm. question. And someone could be a loving, caring person that believes in following the Bible as well as they can and have a different opinion on this. Mm-hmm. Um, this should not be something that we view as, as a litmus test of Christian orthodoxy or something. And I think sometimes Anabaptists are guilty of trying to turn it into that. Yeah. So coming up, we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics on non-resistance. If you have a question or something you want to add to the discussion, um, feel free to email us info at think-truth.org or text us personally. We'd love to hear from you on this. And We really want to push this conversation along, have it in more nuanced and better ways. We're going to be looking at uh, deeper into the theology of what changed from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. We also want to delve more into having a a more nuanced discussion with the Just War theorists. Mm -hmm. Um, We want to talk about the sticky topic of self-defense, which... An armed man walks into your house and... (laughs) threatens to rape your wife we need to talk about it even though it can be overdone yeah i think it's been sadly overdone but still i I understand why that's a thing and anabaptists should be working in in places where uh dangerous dangerous potential scenarios can play out because we need to bring the gospel everywhere so i think because of that it's a fair thing to talk about right we're going to be talking about the sermon on the mount and how that relates to to non-resistance some of the famous verses there, and also um, just relating to other believers who we disagree with on this topic. For sure. So looking forward to this discussion. Hope you all track along with with us as we go. And um, yeah, let us know any thoughts or questions. See you next time.